This is The Mitch Gray Show, where we are bringing the art of humanity back to leadership. Subscribe to The Mitch Gray Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, where you'll find each of our episodes and other resources that will equip, inspire, and empower you to lead well. And now, The Mitch Gray Show. What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to The Mitch Gray Show, another great episode ready for you. And uh, so excited to have this conversation today. We've already had some great conversations to start the new year. And of course, we're doing quite a few solo episodes this year as well, getting back to that. But I'm excited to bring another great person from uh, from our atmosphere uh, in, in the world to you and to uh, introduce uh, this person to you. And hopefully, um, they can give you some wisdom and insight to inspire your life and help you to lead well. So... Today we have on the show Rusty Gaylord, and Rusty is, I said that right, Rusty, didn't I? I got it right? You got it. Thanks, Yes. Uh, Rusty, you're the former Worldwide Director of Finance at Apple. Uh, Followed a traditional path to corporate success and uh, went from uh, GE under Jack Welch and MBA at Stanford, 14 years at Apple. So that is a pretty kind of quote traditional path to the corporate world. But you left the corporate world in 2019 to help leaders achieve career success without personal sacrifice. And we're going to dig into that today. Uh, Rusty, you're sought after speaker and author of the best-selling book, Breaking the Code, Live in the Silicon Valley. Um, For those that don't know, that's in California with your wife and 15-year-old son. And you're a man after my own heart. You enjoy playing bass guitar in a rock band. That is my favorite instrument to play of all the instruments. Uh, and get outside as much as possible. We're going to dig into that as well. Kind of our pre-show conversation led us to um, some interesting topics. And so, Rusty, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on here, man. Oh, Mitch, thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's always interesting, and and my listeners uh, will know this well and recognize this question, and folks that are in your audience that listen to the show will Hopefully start listening to my show and hear this question often, but, you know, we all have a story and your bio tells a little bit about your story, but we have all arrived today through various paths or a path that we thought we would would enjoy taking. Maybe we enjoyed it for a season and then we transitioned to something else. But the bottom line is we all arrived today through that massive story. And so my big overarching question to begin with you is... How did you arrive at where you are today? What was kind of the genesis to lead you to this present moment? Well, it's a great question. And I'm going to give you, uh, maybe I'll give it an answer in three parts. Uh, Part one is when I was a kid, my dad worked at a big company and he literally put on a suit every day and carried a briefcase to the office. Uh, So, you know, very classical kind of picture of the office worker. And that's what I grew up with. And his definition of success was to work, pick a great company and stay there, work there basically your whole career. And that's what he did. 35 years at the same company. He was very successful. And that became my model of success. Now, you gave a little outline in my bio, right, of my career. And it looked a lot like that for the first 20 plus years of my life. Going to work at a big company, showing up every day. I didn't literally carry a briefcase, but it was that idea, right? So that was part one. 
Uh, part two was uh, kind of unrelated to my career, but I got divorced about 10 years ago. And for anyone who's been that through that process, you know, it's turns your whole life upside down. And it felt like it turned my whole life upside down. It took me a lot to get through that. Uh, one of the things I had to learn was how to talk to other people about what's going on in my life. I grew up in a family where we didn't really do that. It was kind of like a, you know, get up and go kind of family. We didn't talk about feelings or challenges or failures or anything like that. We just get up and do it. And that's how I lived my life for the first number of years. But that didn't work when I was going through this divorce. So I had to learn another way. It was painful. It was difficult. Uh, I resisted it for a period of time. But as I went through it, I came to appreciate and value how important it is to be able to talk about your challenges and your disappointments and your frustrations and your successes with other people. And I just benefited tremendously from that. That's part two. Part three was after 10 plus years at Apple, which is a great company and I loved working there, I knew I was ready to do something else, but I had no idea what it was. Uh, and all of my training was to print out my resume and look at my resume and say, what have I done before? Therefore, what can I do next? But none of those answers was satisfying. So I looked at my resume and I, for years, I looked for jobs that I could get hired for based on my experience, but none of them was that interesting. And so it finally got this idea to go and become a coach, which really was leveraging part two of my story, which was this ability to have conversations with people about what really matters, what's really going on with you. And what do you want? And what are you struggling with? And I said, what if that was my job? And that inspired me and scared me deeply right. because I had my whole career had been in the corporate world. And I'm going to leave that, go from an expert to a beginner to start a whole new career in my mid to late forties doing something totally new. I thought, I mean, it was, it really scared me because it was walking away from stability, walking away from a great company, but to do something that I wanted to do. Mm. Fortunately, I had the courage to say yes to my desire to move forward. And I did it. And that brought me to where I am today. Yeah. Gosh, that's, there's so many nuggets in there. First of all, thank you for sharing. Um, reminds me of a few stories of a few other guests that we've have had, have had on in the past. Um, one, a guy that's become a pretty dear friend, Jim Knight, he spent, gosh, I guess 20 years with Hard Rock Cafe and was kind of their lead culture trainer and then stepped away and, you know, had some life things happen. And, and, and what that tells me is that's an echo within humanity that regardless of what we are gifted as children to think the life path is or the definition of success, et cetera, et cetera, um, that we we often come to a point in life that becomes a crossroads of your your phraseology was, what do I truly desire? Um, AKA, what makes me feel fulfilled and truly happy and satisfied versus following that traditional path? And so I think where I want to go with my next question is for anyone listening to this that may be kind of unearthing some of those desires and some of that discomfort, because it does often take for us humans uh, a season of discomfort to really push us into that unknown. Uh, what What's something you would speak to that person that's listening and going, oh my gosh, 14 years at Apple, like that's success. And then you're like, yeah, but at the end, it wasn't what may, fulfilled my desire. And then they they can match with that. They can really feel that. 
Um, so share with us maybe what's something you would speak to that person uh, listening and hearing your story. Yeah, uh, there's so much that I want that I want to say both to that person and in response to to what you were saying earlier. But you know, first to answer that specific question, uh, we as humans have an amazing ability to accommodate our environment yeah. and to just to adjust and accept it. Uh, and I, and so what I would say to anybody out there who's either in some kind of pain, right? Because fundamentally, you, you, you get to a point of change in two ways. Number one is you get pushed there because it's so uncomfortable, it's painful. And that's what you alluded to earlier. But you can also get to that point of change by being pulled by a desire. If you allow that desire to, to kind of grow a fire in you and to excite you and energize you and pull you forward. So it's either the push of pain or the pull of desire. Yeah. And I encourage everybody who's listening to not tolerate the discomfort that you're in mm. because it, we just kind of get used to it. And we say, yeah, that's what it's like, right? That's what it's like to work in a big company is I have to sometimes work until midnight or that's what it's like to run your own business. You're just, you work seven, seven days a week. The, all of these justifications and reasons we give for why things are difficult, we seem to accept them. So uh, I, I actually, I wrote a book uh, a couple of years ago. It's called Breaking the Code uh, and Stop Looking for Answers and Start Enjoying Life. So one of the things that this Breaking the Code title alludes to is uh, it's almost as if we've been programmed. We've been programmed to believe and accept yes. certain things, right? Yes. I was programmed to think a successful career is to work in a big corporation for your whole, your whole life. Uh, and so I had to break the code. I had to break that programming. Uh, now, you know, fortunately... I was raised in a family where the expectations for my career were high, uh, mm. but plenty of other people are raised in families where the expectations for their career is very low. Right. Right. You're not going to do much with your life. Now, I just fundamentally don't buy that. I, I believe that we all, <laughs> everybody listening has amazing potential, but you do have to break the code. You have to step out of that past programming. You have to step out of what you've been taught to say, what is it that you aspire to? Allow yourself to be pulled forward by that desire. Don't tolerate the situation that you're in because you have the capability to transcend it. A phrase that, quite frankly, I don't know if I made it up or heard it somewhere years ago, but I've adopted it and I love it. And that is addicted to the chaos. <laughs> and we oftentimes, that, that comfort in the discomfort from a negative standpoint, yeah. Uh, it is really us becoming addicted to the chaos and, and any type of addiction therapy, we know that it becomes our normalcy because it's what we have found ourselves depending on. And so to remove that dependency of any sort does become really scary because what do you do when the noise is gone? What do you yeah. do when that addiction is gone? What you have to replace it with something. And I really believe that's why so many of us, and I think all of us go through this at one point in time, regardless of how great we master our lives in the end, is we have to go through those seasons of understanding we've got to remove the chaos. We we have to, I love your phrase of being pulled by the desire for health, for success, whatever that looks like. And that kind of leads me to something. We're assuming that people have a definition of what success looks like for them. And so let's remove the assumption. How would you help someone begin reshaping and redefining success for them when they look in the mirror? 
Yeah, yeah. I, such a such a great question because I think our society teaches us success is lots of money, lots of followers, private jets, blah blah blah. Right? It's like these are the things that are celebrated. But you really have to ask, what is success for you? And and the first step to getting there is breaking the addiction to chaos. Mm. Uh, and that can come in a couple of different ways, right? We were talking earlier before we started recording here about the idea of a silent retreat. I'm doing a silent retreat this year. Again, one of the reasons I'm doing it, it scares me. (laughs) I'm the kind of person who's doing stuff all the time. I'm a doer. If you talk to my wife, she's like, would you just sit down for a minute? Because I like to do stuff. And so to sit in silence for multiple days at a time, honestly, that freaks me out. And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this. But you don't have to do a silent retreat. You don't even have to meditate, but you do need to break away from the chaos. You need, whether that's going for a walk without your phone, without music, whatever, but just in silence, go out in nature for 20 minutes and walk around and see what happens to you. One of my coaches gave me the assignment last year to just sit in a chair for 10 minutes and do nothing. Don't meditate. Don't schedule and plan the rest of your day. Don't think about this next work assignment you have to do. Just sit there for 10 minutes and notice the discomfort. Notice the churn. Notice the like the twitching of, you know, I need to be doing something right now. And what I've found is when I do that, I settle down. Mm-hmm. Even after 10 minutes, my, my brain, my body, everything kind of slows down. And that's the place you need to be to be thinking about what does success look like for you? And don't think about it in a constrained way. Back to the idea of breaking the code, back to the book that I wrote, you know, break the code of what is success. Think unreasonable. Think if you could define anything. Like, so one of the examples I give is someone gives you a a lantern and you rub it and a genie comes out. You don't say a genie, well, you know, I was really hoping for a 4% raise last year. So I wish for a 6%, right? You know, that's not what you tell the genie. You're like, I want to triple my income, right? Yeah, if you're yeah, going to yeah. get that wish, go big. So when you're sitting there and calm, notice the tendency to go for what you think is reasonable, to go for what you think you could achieve, what other people would want. Like bypass that. Just set that tendency aside just as an experiment. And say, if you really could rub the lantern and the genie came out, what would you want in your life? Give yourself permission to think at that level. Because of the hundreds of people I've done this experiment with, all of them have said something. I'm like, you can totally do that. And they yeah. can. And so can yeah. you who's, who are listening. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and really, it's the idea of focusing on reshaping success with your fingerprint. Yeah. And, and I think that's often because, you know, I, I'm not a guy that believes, you know, the current culture is worse than any culture before us. I think it's wonderful. But there are like any other generation and culture before us and after us there are some disconnections and 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 i think the disconnect that we're seeing kind of amplified currently is this idea of whatever worked for me is going to work for you you know it's the how-to manual the steps one through three for me you can duplicate and they'll work for you and the reality is yes and no and we don't know (laughs) because nothing is linear. Everything is about just kind of moving and shaping and and offering ourselves to to that opportunity. And when we talk about success, that's kind of, it's like people want to buy a can and open it and success is going to come out. And it's like, but it's going to take your own recipe. It's going to take your DNA, your desires, your understanding and comprehension. And by the way, I want to add, I know you've got something to throw in here. Your definition of success today will probably look different in 10 years. Mm -hmm. 
and probably look different in 20 years. And guess what? That is exactly how it should evolve. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, success has to be holistic, right? Most of us think about success mm -hmm. in a career standpoint, but it's your health, it's your relationships, it's your yes. hobbies, your free time, your happiness, all of that stuff matters. And by the way, when you're happier, you're smarter. Yes. yes. Uh, so you need that time to invest in yourself to be happy because you will perform better in your job. And I think that's something that a lot of people kind of don't understand. They think the performance is grit and grind and persistence and hours and hard work right. and all of that. But real performance is creativity. And I, I just got to say, I've kind of got to be in my bonnet about this. I read an article in the Wall Street Journal this morning about uh, all of the different hacks that people have to get around surveillance software, right? We've all heard about this with work from home. Companies are skeptical. Are you productive? So they put monitoring software on the computers. And these are all these hacks that people have of how do you get around that to look like you're being productive when you're at the gym or doing laundry or whatever you're doing. <laughs> and, you know, it, it kind of highlights what you're talking about, this element of our current culture, which is like we celebrate this kind of public hacks or this creativity or you know this this process that somebody else took to achieve quote unquote success mm -hmm. but you have to ask are you are you some real is that real success right. is that real success right. for you right i think there's a lot of celebration of the things that you show in public but that doesn't really reveal what's going on in private behind the scenes and uh, i really mm -hmm. believe authentic good leaders are authentic which means they're showing in public what's going on in private uh and as, when you can when you can bridge those two things, now you become a real authentic person. You become the kind of person others want to work for. Other people want to be around. You're inspiring to other people because you're real. You are who you are. And I just think that's undervalued and misunderstood from a leadership standpoint because people think success is to look good on the outside, but it's much more than that. <laughs> the word that's coming to mind, I think, is obvious, and that's vulnerability and mm. We, we, you know, we are the protector of our own hearts. And oftentimes we take that to the point of I'm going to guard my heart so much that I don't allow anyone in. And what's interesting is coming, coming kind of connection, connecting full circle. That was really a part of the story of your life that you highlighted was the moment, the season that it took that you realized, oh my gosh, I have to open my heart in order to truly work through and become the person that I want to become. And that's such a critical element that I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I, and we all, we all end up playing the game at some point. And it's not about, it's not about staying away from playing the game. It's about being self-aware enough to realize when we're falling into those habits that may be negative to pull ourselves back. Yeah. And I, and uh, one of the things that I work with my clients on is authentic communication. Mm. Uh, and I'll tell you that for the first 20 odd years of my career, I was not good at that. Yeah. Uh, I Because I wanted to look good. I was all about mainta maintaining <laughs> right. an external shiny uh, Teflon appearance, like nothing sticks to me. I'm, you know, I'm a high achiever, I'm doing well, all of that. It was this very uh, external appearance oriented kind of way of managing my life and my career. And then I got divorced and I felt like, well, that whole thing fell apart. And it was very painful because it felt like this really public failure. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how mm -hmm. I saw it at the time. Mm -hmm. And that really threw a wrench in the works for me because I was all about looking good up until that point. But having to wrestle through that and go through the vulnerability of being open about it, 
revealed to me that I can talk about these things. Like this is, everybody's got challenges in their life. Everybody has failures. And when you can go into a conversation with someone and say, hey, I'm concerned that you're going to take this the wrong way. So let me tell you what my intention is in bringing this subject to have this conversation with you. If you can provide that context of why you're talking about it and even how you anticipate it may go wrong, but your intention is that it is a productive conversation, and then you get into the conversation itself, that helps to disarm something, disarm them because it's bringing some vulnerability. It's revealing your concerns about it and your hopes for it. And by the way, the the, the language you just shared is, first of all, amazing Second of all, that is the exact language we should use with ourselves as well. (laughs) And that's really what is amazing about personal development and self-growth is we often only look at this from the lens of projecting outward toward others. But really, when we can sit with and create the opportunities to work on that inwardly, and I I love using that on yourself, hey, self, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this for you to get offended. I'm not saying this to hurt you. I'm saying this to hopefully empower you. Here you go. And actually, I was watching, uh, oh gosh, someone recently that's really popular. I can't remember their name, but they they said, if you looked at me in my personal life, you would think I was crazy because I'm t- constantly talking to myself. And it's like, yeah, that needs to be the practice. So then when it comes to others, it's much more second nature and kind of a part of who we already are. Yeah. And back to your point earlier, that rests on self-awareness, right? You have to be aware enough to know when your self-dialogue is not helping you, right? When it's destructive rather than constructive, uh, and then have some tools to have constructive self-dialogue. And and I will say the other thing is, you know, this is my business, right? This is what I right. do for a living. Right. And my wife will tell you, man, you need to listen to yourself more often. Yes, yes. Yep. Same. <laughs> because it, it, it's hard to do for yourself. And so if you're listening and you striving for personal growth and development, get someone to work on that with you. Uh, because, and, and, and by the way, I talk about your inner circle. And if your inner circle, when it comes to work things, is your boss or your team or your spouse, you, you need to expand your inner circle. Agreed. Because those people all have a vested interest in what you do and your decisions you make. You need someone who doesn't. So find somebody that you can talk to that can support you in this because it's very difficult to do on your own. There's a new language that I've adopted because of a book that I read. um, And that language is soul family. So it's it's really this, and the way she presented it is this idea of that inner circle, but it needs to be the people that are really your soul family who really, they're not going to let you settle. They're going to call you out, but they're going to do it in a way that makes your soul feel very empowered and very capable rather than destructive. Because we often do. We, we Again, we get addicted to the chaos. We get addicted to the noise. Maybe we get addicted to the criticism. And so we only surround ourselves with people that feed that addiction, not understanding that it's, it is that addiction that is actually holding us back. And so it's that idea of who taking inventory of who's around me and then who can I kind of find myself around that make me better than I am today. And that is a really interesting journey to go on because there's some truths there uh, that that aren't terribly easy sometimes, but they are the truths that we need to to bring forward. Yeah. Uh, You know, Jim Rohn famously said, you are the average of the five people you spend Mm -hmm. the most time with. 
Uh, and I'll tell you my version of of what you just described is when I was contemplating leaving Apple to start my own business as an executive coach and a life coach and a professional coach and all of that. Uh, I intentionally did not tell my dad. Mm -hmm. I described earlier, my dad was like, his Mm -hmm. belief was find a good company and work there your whole career. And I knew Apple was a good company. And I knew if I told him I'm going to leave Apple, I would get resistance and pushback for him from him. And I was, I knew that would affect me. I knew that Mm. it would affect my decision. And so I talked about this and I worked on it with other people and I got support from other people. And later, once I had made the decision, I told my dad and I could tell it was difficult for him when I told him, I mean, he, he almost got teary eyed Mm. when I told him I was leaving Apple. And it was months later or a year or two later, he came back to understand and appreciate the transition I had made. Uh, But I I, I use that as an example, right? Like even the people who are closest to us uh, and who love us the most want the best for us, but they want the best from you from their perspective. They don't necessarily see it from your perspective. And it's not because they don't want to, but they're different. They're different people and they've got so much invested in you. And that's why I'm saying your boss, your team, your spouse, like they're not your best inner circle because they're so invested in you. You need that soul family that you described. I love that. I love that. Rusty, such a great conversation on defining success and uh, and really helping people break the code, hopefully, um, to better their lives. I, I know that you and I have similar work and that we just want to empower people and inspire people to live their best life. Um, everyone has the potential within them. Everyone has that calling within them. It's just a matter of allowing that to breathe. And and I'm with you. I think we often find that in stillness rather than busyness. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. uh, the the old uh, ancient saying is before enlightenment, carry water, chop wood. And yes. sometimes that's found in being still and just allowing kind of the universe to give you those messages and that comfort. So Rusty, let's wrap things up. Uh, this has been amazing. Tell the people how they can reach out to you, how they can connect with you, where they can order your book. Um, you know, I don't know what type of client you're looking for, but if you want to share people that, please take this time to do that. Yeah, the 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 people that I work best with are executives and companies, small business owners, people in leadership positions who understand and know that they've got to be authentic, they've got to be an effective leader because their ability to lead impacts the whole organization. Uh, so those are, and if you're a person like that, you want to have a conversation, reach out to me. My email is rusty at rustygaylord.com. My website is rustygaylord.com. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. You can find me there, Rusty Gaylord. I will spell my last name because it's not simple. Uh, rusty is R-U-S-T-Y, Gaylord, G-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. Rusty at rustygaylord.com. Love it. And your book's available everywhere, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, really, it's on Amazon. So my book's on okay, Amazon. Perfect. Grab it there. It's an audio book, an ebook. Uh, you can get a hard copy, uh, awesome. but search for Breaking the Code. Awesome. Rusty, thank you again, my friend. This has been a delight and an honor. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and story and your expertise and so many great nuggets there. So I appreciate you coming on the Mitch Gray Show. Thanks, Mitch. It's been great. Brothers and sisters, thank you for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Mitch Gray Show. Make sure you subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. 
That helps us keep the momentum moving forward and inspiring as many people as possible. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Mitch Gray Media, and as well on social media, M Gray Media, to keep up with my content and everything we are creating in the world. So thanks again, and we will talk to you soon.